Hello everybody and welcome to another Thinking Drinkers Euro 2020 Championship of Drink. My name's Tom, this is Ben, we are the Thinking Drinkers and uh, we are now on to Group F, the final group of this uh, group stage of the Euro 2020s, uh, which is exciting, isn't it, Ben? It's very exciting, Tom. Yeah, not least because... Um... We're closer to the end of this hell. <laughs> We've created a concept here which is very, very time-consuming. <laughs> However, it has given us an opportunity to taste loads of lovely liquor uh, and we've got four, uh, five more things to taste today. Uh, in Group F, we've got the French, we've got the Germans, the Germans, the German. uh, uh, we've got the Portuguesees, yeah. Portuguesees, and uh, we've also got Northern Ireland. Who, who have qualified. They did qualify against all odds. <laughs> um, yeah, we got all the home nations in there somehow, even though that was uh, impossible for the yes. way it was going to be drawn. But anyway, we, so we've got those guys in there and we've got some lovely things to taste from each nation. So uh, we're going to start with uh, Francais. Oui, je vais m'appelle. Ah, oui. Let's go, oui, let's go to France. Hang on, let's uh, get the uh, backdrops up. Who have you got? Well, I've, I'll start with uh, with the with the, the, the quintessential, yeah, the classic. quintessential uh, classic. There they are, the French. Uh, vive la France. Ah. Bonjour, la classe. Je joue au football. Je, oui, je m'appelle Ben, j'ai 43 ans, uh, j'écoute des de téléphone. But um, I, I, I've always supported the French football team for some reason. Yeah. I think it goes back to the 1986 uh, World Cup when my dad um, tried to, rec- he wanted to record that game because we had some sort of school, primary school quiz night or something and he couldn't go. Mm-hmm. I think he bought a VHS recorder just purely for that game, but it was a bit of a belter, wasn't it? And... Um, and the team, the French team back then, was made up of some greats. Uh, Tigana, remember him? Yep, yep. Uh, Michel Platini at the time, one of the great yep. players of France. Uh, now, obviously, disgraced. Yeah, <laughs> Completely banned from football, isn't yeah. he? For his ethics. Yes. Good lad. And Joel Batts. There he is. There he is. Don't shit yourself, China. It's not, not, not an actual bat. <laughs> It's Joel Bats, who was the goalkeeper. Good haircuts back then, didn't they? Yeah. It's a bit the like cat, you, I think. The cow, well, they want to check. Hang on, hang on. There we go. Lovely. Like a grey version. Yeah. Uh, and the French also have some decent uh, decent drinks in the in the locker room. And, and today, we're going to be drinking some Armagnac. Yes. Oh, oh, this is... This is, it is indeed trade bomb. We've got two for you today. We've got a, a Darrow's 12 year old. Yeah. Which is unsheathed, which is quite. Um, I've, and I've got Domaine Tariki, the XO. That's ah, I've got one of this as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that's. Sent, sent a couple of really nice things. Now, the French, this is brandy. And the French yeah. brandy you might be familiar with, uh, viewers, is cognac. But uh, that's the stuff that the French make very well and, and it is fantastic stuff, but they tend to export more of. Armagnac uh, is what they tend to keep for themselves. Yes. So uh, it's slightly different to cognac. Um, it's, it's made further south, so there are different terroir or different climate conditions. Uh, which means that the grapes down there have a lot colder winter, so they have to fight a lot harder uh, to to get to a a position of ripeness. And um, as a result, these cognacs tend to be, we say, more robust 
Yes, they also, the difference between cognac and armagnac is uh, they are just, uh, armagnac is only distilled once. And I always remember this because armagnac is very French. You couldn't get a more French alcohol. The true alcohol of France is armagnac, I think. And the, yes. the, the most authentic depiction of France, as we both know, is from Allo Allo. And in Allo they say, listen very carefully, I will say this only once. And Armagnac is distilled only once. So, it's a so continuous that's how I distillation process. That's a very good way of remembering it, Ben. Thank you. And, uh, um, uh, so, so that and the terroir all, all makes a much more robust product. So first up, I'm going with the... Oh, watch I'm out. I'm going with the, uh, with the EXO, the Tarakay EXO. Yeah. Uh, extraordinary. Now, um, I've been to Tarakay. Yeah. Okay. I've been to Tarakay, and I can tell you they make wines as well. They are one of the bigger, more, the one of the larger producers of Armagnac there, and they use grapes solely picked from their own vineyards. And they've mm. got so, sort of four types of grapes: Catra, Catra, can you see that? Um, you've got Uniblanc, Baco, Folle Blanche, and Colombard, like that. Mm. And this is six percent Uniblanc and 40% bagu. And they don't mm. make, they make, well, put it there, they make nice kind of table wines, everyday drinking wines, i.e. not great wines. No. Great. But when it comes to distilling them, they are the dogs. They use the only blanc in, um, in cognac as well, and I've, I've had some on the table mm. as wine, and it's actually okay. It's, it's quite right. dry, yeah. uh, and there's not much to it, but it's all right. But this is fantastic, and we've mm -hmm. got an average of uh, uh, 15 years of ageing going on with the eau de vies mm -hmm. in this arm, yeah. And uh, as a result, it smells absolutely fan fantastique. Fantastique. And mm. I do think there's a slight conspiracy going on with the sneaky French, because this is from the land of the musketeers, and I think... Uh, while they export all the cognac abroad, as you do when you export things, uh, they keep this to themselves. And yeah. A bit of a cloak and dagger conspiracy going on. I do think that they uh, uh, they keep it to themselves. Because I, I personally, personally, I almost, I think Armagnac's my preference when it comes to French brandy. Because they say cognac is to Armagnac what silk is to velvet. Well, the people say, like, say that. Or obviously, bellends, but this is very <laughs> massive bellends, and uh, and I think there's probably place for both. Place yeah, for both. Of them. I mean, I, I don't want to get started on the cognac armagnac. It seems a bit too uh, well. I'll tell you what, I really don't want to piss off the uh, cognac houses because well, I'm a massive fans. fan of cognac. They've got so I'm going to track that last statement actually because yes, I love I'm cognacs and I love the one Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the second one we've got is the Darros, uh, and slightly differently in the in the way that the Tarake got their own uh, the vineyards. The, the speciality with the with the Darros, uh, with Mark Darros, uh, in his approach, is taking lots of different eau de vies um, with lots of different characteristics, uh, and then blending them. So uh, he's using different flavors in the eau de vie being the the, the spirit before. He ages it, um, and so then he'll blend blend lots of different characters into together. So we've got a twelve-year-old today, yeah. um, but um, these are called Le Grand Assemblage. Just really uh, nearby. Hang on. And uh, you, what you can do with the Doros is work your way up all the different 
um, age group. So that the, 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 for the, those who need a translation, les grandes assemblages um, is brilliant um, accent, Tom. I know. <laughs> I continue to prove my linguistic skills. The it means the great. It means the great blends. It means the great blends. Do you want to? Do you want to have a top tip? When you speak in French, you got to look, if you put your lips forward all the time, it makes you sound French. Mm. It looks like a plum, but that's um, a, a tip so, for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, merci. Oui. Yeah. Uh, so the fruity aromas of the younger blends go in there with the uh, big flavours of chocolate and uh, coffee, which you'll find in the older blends. And they've got uh, they've got uh, age expressions that go all the way up to sixty years um, at the rose. So once you get into this uh, the, the sort of entry level twelve year olds, you get go all the way up, all the way up to all, all the way ages. And we're, 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 this is phenomenal as well. Uh, these are two extraordinarily tasty spirits. I have to say, and this is Armagnac, which is the lesser explored of their brandies. So, um, mm. so I think the fact that they've come into the group stage with this, well, it's very French. Bodes well, for very the French. French. I think they're doing very well. And also, I think if you've got 40, 50 quid to spend on uh, brandy, then Armagnac is amazing value. It's, yes, it's, and it probably won't be great value in the future because pe- more and more people are realising how, how wonderful they can be. So we're big fans of Armagnac and we're not yeah. saying they're going through definitely. I think they are. Um, <laughs> okay, they are. We haven't tasted gonna, the other ones. I'm going to say, yeah, let's see. I'll, I'll, like, I'll like to see the others. The Northern Irish are going to have to pull it out of the bag. They, they really are. Okay. Uh, hopefully we're going to be going to, if, if we can get, with the borders are now opening up as we ease out of lockdown. Hopefully that's still the case in the autumn. We'll go there and we'll record a special pod all about Armagnac um, yes. autumn. So um, our podcast, Around the World in 80 Drinks, uh, is available to subscribe to on all good pod platforms. So if you get onto that, we'll tell you more about yeah. it. Uh, but where are we going to go next, Ben? Well, What's I'm going next? on holiday to get uh, Armagnac in a couple yes. of weeks. So, um, but if you're listening to this, burglars, someone's in my house. <laughs> Right, where are we going next? The uh, Germans. The right. Well, ah. listen, I haven't got um, I haven't got a background for this because I just don't really agree with them lazy national stereotypes. I mean, it's just I think we're better than that. What have you got? Who have you got? Uh, I agree. Um, is that? Oh my God, that's too much, Tom. That's is it? Just, yes. Oh, that is that is the worst that? thing you've ever put. Oh, I better. Some okay. of the, some of the ladies. Yeah, yeah is that one better? Yeah, just flick uh, between the two. Right. Yeah. So what we've got what's here? The, what's the verse that can happen? What's the verse that can happen? Uh, okay. So we've got one Heinz Stefana, uh, Hefeweizen. Right. We're going to Bavaria, and they 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 make beautiful beers, and their vice beer. This is one Heinz Stefana, the oldest. Brewery in the world dating back to 1040. Now, we should all we should all worship at this Bavarian beer temple, but we shouldn't light a candle because it's been burned down uh, about four times, uh, and it survived loads of world, well, loads of wars, a few epidemics and stuff. So it's it's a it's it's also a Teutonic temple of learning. It's a seat of learning. It's a brewing university. They've got a pass rate. So basically, loads of budding brewers go there it's like the top gun of brewing 
Um, and uh, it's got one in five pass rates and some of the best brewers in the world have uh, graduated from there. Um, and it is also, hello, it is also home to the biggest bank of yeast trains in the world. Wowzers, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll raise them uh, a pair of underpants lying in the back of our van. <laughs> there's, there's a yeast bank. <laughs> That's a bank of yeast. No, but the most famous uh, is this, the Weinhansstefana Hans, wheat beer yeast strain. And that is full of bananas and cloves ah. and esters and bubble gum. And if you take it, this is wonderful with uh, sausage. With sausage, goes down well with sausage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a fantastic head as well. Right. I mean, it's all it's all coming together. Right. But may I do a dongle rice or do a crystal? This is the vice beer. Look, she's really enjoying sausage. I haven't enjoyed sausage. There's nothing wrong with that. Great and head. Here, here as well. Mm. And so on and so forth. Oh, so you've got a mixture mm. of the modern mm. and the monastic. It's a monastic tradition as well. Great. Okay. Well, the Germans know their beer, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess they're going through as well with that. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to get to, yeah, let's not ruin the drama because we've got oh. two more teams left in the competition. Mm-hmm. Portugal next. All right. Um, Have you got one of Portuguese tarts, Ben? I love a Portuguese tart. There's one. Very good, Tom. Thank you very much. Visual aids there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, We're going to to Portugal (laughs) with this. It's port, but it's not just any port. It's not just a ropey port that gets opened at Christmas and left in a drinks cabinet for an entire year before mm-hmm. Granddad goes back to it. It's White Port, yeah. actually. It's Graham's White Port, isn't it, Ben? Yes, um, it is. And we've gone for that because it's l- the summer, of course. Mm-hmm. And the drink of the summer, believe it, it or is. not, for cool cats, is White Port and tonic. And which <gasps> is what I'm drinking now. And it's wow. so port is this port is only I mean it's not the most important thing about it, but it's nineteen percent. So when you lengthen it with tonic, it's considerably less potent than a G and T. Now um, most people think of port as red, don't they? They do. Uh, the grapes picked from the Druro Valley in Portugal, somewhere I've actually been. Well done. Um, not that I know great deal about wine. I spent the whole time uh, swallowing it while the rest of the wine experts spitting um i always swallow just in case you're interested listeners yeah and um yeah uh, but they have red a lot of red grape varieties out there and um and white grapes as well but they're all naturally grown out there they're all native grapes uh and in our grams number five we've got a moscatel gallego <laughs> you tell me Tom. malvasia fina yeah that's the one yeah, and uh, <laughs> and it's got a lovely look at the look at the look at bottle. bottle. Isn't it just nice? Look at the bottle. <laughs> just look at the bottle. Um, it's um, it was an illustrator called Antonio Soros 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 who uh, did that. Oh, Apparently, no, with Chanel. Oh, champagne, oh, there we go. Champagne bottles. Beautiful. Um, and I'll be honest with you, Ben. I haven't got a bottle for my tonic water, so I can't drink. Oh one. no, I'm how, drinking it. Mine's drinking. How does it mine. taste? It's how lovely. does it taste? It's, it's very refreshing. Right. It's crisp. Yeah. 
I, as I'm a massive fan, I, I'm a massive fan of the white port and tonic serve. I think it's uh, a great way to get yourself into port. It is um, amazing. Mm, white port uh, and tonic in the summer. I mean, well, I think it's it's been sort of it came into play about two summers ago, and it's kept going. And a lot of the supplements were talking about it, but it, it is wonderful gear. But mm. We need to get I uh, we need to tell the listeners about the etiquette of ports because I have yes. here the Brett's okay and the Brett's you know is all about manners and stuff hang on and you have to when you're drinking port this is what you have to do you have to pass your port to the left according to the Brett's if the port passes you by without your glass being filled don't ask for the port you're not supposed to ask for the port thereby making it change direction, it says. Instead, send your empty glass after the port decanter and ask for it to be filled. Should the decanter become stuck elsewhere on the table, it is deemed rather bad form to directly ask for it. Instead, and here's the weird bit, Tom, you should ask the person nearest at the decanter, do you know the Bishop of Norwich? If they are well informed in the ways of port etiquette, they will hopefully realise their mistake and make sure that the decanter reaches you. If, however... They are none the wiser and admit to not knowing the Bishop of Norfolk. You must add, well, the, bishops of, the Bishop of Norwich is a terribly good chap, but he always forgets to pass the port. So if, if, if that doesn't demystify and make the port tradition less fuddy-duddy, I don't know what will. No, I uh, sat next to a bishop once and um, we weren't talking about port. I don't mind telling you, Ben. Really? Yes, yeah. He passed something to me, and it was, uh, it was more German than port. Anyway, let's get on to our last um, drink of the session, okay. because we're on to Northern Ireland. Okay. Northern Ireland. Oh, I'm not going to do an accent. Uh, and we've got Boatyard Gin. You right, got your Boatyard you Gin? Yeah, oh, I've yeah, got it in here. There we go. There's my picture. We should so, talk, explain this picture a bit. Ben and I have uh, written a book about kebabs. That's yeah, a true a story. Ago, as you can see from our useful, healthy-looking faces, there we travelled the country in search of the world, uh, the UK's uh, best kebab, and we yeah. went to Belfast, and we found a wonderful place called the Sphinx, hmm. which had a very spicy sauce. And now, that there trophy there is an actual kebab trophy. Silver kebab winner. We drove around the country in a kebab cab with a spin, spinning donor yeah. on the top. It was, it was a low. Point. Really happened, listeners. And um, and uh, Northern Ireland is a bit like uh, Southern Ireland in that we're seeing a lot of um, gin distilleries popping up as as the whiskey boom uh, hits the, the country. And uh, when you set up a whiskey distillery, obviously you have to wait for the whiskey to mature and age. For a minimum of three years and then you can you can start selling it so in the meantime people are using a lot of their distilling kit to make up gin or vodka but boatyard is actually a great gin distillery in its own right um and this gin which i've poured into the glass i prepared for a tonic <laughs> i'll be honest that's a lot of that is a lot of gin uh, get involved it's called the double okay. gin double gin boatyard double gin now why it's called double gin uh is because they use a, a, a fairly traditional uh dutch approach to making this gin the dutch obviously gave us our gin 
if you've, if you've seen us talk about gym before, you'll know that. Um, and they have a, a process where they add double the amount of juniper. Uh, it's called double jubida geneva. Geneva, <laughs> isn't it? Geneva. I'm just going to stop trying to talk in different languages. Um, and that means that this has got a particular, it's got a massive dose of juniper in it. And juniper is essential in any gin. All these yeah. newfangled gins that are dying in back of the juniper, they can do one. Uh, it's all about having a gin. So if you really like juniper in your gin, this is, oh, yeah. this is the one for you. Absolutely huge pine, pine needles. Oh, yeah, and that is uh, that slightly bittersweet quality that the gin's got um, is coming from that from that gin. But these guys are uh, using an organically produced wheat. Um, they're real big believers in terroir again. That idea that where they grow and where they source their ingredients for the for their for their drink is going to affect the flavours. They do some they foraging, use. don't they? A bit of foraging, uh, they've got some organically produced wheat and some botanicals that are picked from around the region, uh, including sweet gale, which is uh, apparently harvested from the family farm. Um, and they use this unique juniper filtration process. So, all of that makes a really robust and rich flavored gin. There's loads going on in there, mm. and um, it's got a beautiful bottle as well. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, it's good. It's 46% ABV, so it will make a very pokey, beautiful martini mm. as well. Yeah, that is brilliant gin. That um, is good gear. This is a tough group, group, isn't it, Tom? It is, and um, and and I, I, if I felt... Um, Do you know as well, we, we've got ourselves into a bit of a pickle because we can't have a... We've used all the third place, best third place teams to go through, so we can only pick two here. Which I know is not how it's done in football, <laughs> but we can't go back. They don't. Well, play. if we were to do it how it's done in football, I think mm-hmm. it would be fair to say the Northern Irish would would go into this being pleased to have got a place in the in the group. Yeah, stage. I mean, they didn't really, they didn't actually qualify. If we'd have just gone on based on that that gin, I have to say I'd forgotten how good that was. It's been mm. a few days since I've had any of that, and that's um, and would have gone through on the strength of the drink, but unfortunately. Um, are we combining a football prowess with the drink, or is that a factor? Even if we are, I think the Northern Irish have got such little football prowess yeah. that they can't raise their game. I think we game. should combine a football and a drink when it suits us. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, the port, Ireland. I like the port and tonic, that's a great drink. The but, thing um, is, I mean, Ronaldo is such a bell end. And um, also, they keep passing it to the left. Terrible tactics, Dom. I mean, you're not just going to go around circles. Just go around in circles. So they're out. Uh, the only other thing I can say about them is that Antonio soars and Ronaldo's a soars loser. That's, that's all I've got there. Just leave that. We'll edit we'll we'll that bit out. Um, <laughs> they're rubbish. So they're no, I, mean, the, I like uh, the white port and tonic is is wonderful, but they're gone. They're gone. Um, they're gone. I think so the French win. I think the French, the French win, win on the Armagnac. Uh, 4K, 4K is like 28 quid from Waitrose. That is nothing. Yeah, the Darros is a... You can get... 15-year-old. 
Yeah, um, that's and good. the Rose is a bit is a bit more expensive. That's sixty. More expensive, uh, and you can get that on the Whiskey Exchange. The Whiskey Exchange has got all of the expressions on there. Once you get into yeah. it, it's it's incredible yeah. stuff. So they they do they 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 coast it through really. And the Germans, they're, they're um, just masters of beer, aren't they? Yeah, the Germans are going through for sure. Uh, they can go through with their sausages. Mm. Um, so that's it. They're through to the last the, the last sixteen. And that um, concludes Tom the group stages of the European Championship 2020 of drink. Uh, yes. and the next video, we are going to be doing the knockout stages. No mucking about. We uh, are. I think we can tell you a little bit about who's coming up first, actually, in that yeah, last you, 16 round. Go on, then. Have you got Italy, the... Uh, Italy v Iceland oh. going to be our first of the last 16. So we'll see what the Italians... They did very well in the group stage. Uh, Iceland... Uh, interesting friends. to see if they've got anything that can compete with their um, <clears throat> with the vodka they bought in the group stages, the Raker. So, um, so yeah, that'll be our first one. Okay, we might. Com- are we going to combine two videos, two games in one video? If we do, because we really want to get this done. That's <laughs> ah, a lot. Of- <laughs> I don't want any peeps. <laughs> then it would be Wales and Denmark would be the other. Yeah, Wales uh, and Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see if we've got the. Uh, stamina yes. to separate these out further or do two in one right. you tell us viewers give us some feedback yes. please right. it's, lonely. it's lonely here <laughs> well done Tom well it's done been, Ben been a wonderful and I'm going to go and uh, have myself some sausage